0: for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
1: Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, Welcome to the show from the Uniden America studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello
0: and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we move into a Thursday, good morning, Gary. How are you? Um, i
2: I've got my calculator out here. I'm trying to do some calculations. Yeah. Let me see. 14 trillion. Uh, okay. Let me see. That's okay. That's a million. That's. Wow billion. Mm-hmm. I need trillion here. Mm-hmm. 14 trillion. Let me mm-hmm. make sure I have it right. Thousands, millions, billions, trillions. Mm-hmm. And then divide that by 40, 000, or 40 million mm-hmm. eligible reparations recipients. Uh-huh. And uh, we have, hold it, that's 40 million. Wait a minute. Is it 40? Yeah. 40 million, right?
3: Mm.
2: All right, here we go. Mm. We have the uh, you uh, you saw that uh Cory Bush introduced into Congress mm-hmm. a federal reparations right. plan mm-hmm. okay so it would cost 14 trillion now if you divide mm-hmm. that there's roughly 40 million blacks in the united states 350
0: thousand apiece 14 trillion all right so. okay let's just add it on to the rest we can pay for it right yeah I just just you know wanted to see the and and it takes the pressure off of Gavin Newsom.
2: <laughs> that's probably why it was done. No, I th- that's take the first the pressure, thing I thought.
0: Take the pressure off of Newsom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, crazy. I mean let's <laughs> prepare Newsom <laughs> for this. Well, and let's get him out of the uh you know the rainstorm that he created and uh now let's move that on to a level where then he can take it. When he's ready to run for president, he can take it to Washington. Uh,
2: this is uh, Thursday, so we're going to call it all over the place Thursday because you just mentioned Newsom, and I went, "Oh, okay, let's flip to that one."
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: this is a uh, Wall Street Journal: California's new budget reality, and it says California Governor Gavin Newsom knows which way the political winds are blowing, and suddenly he's discovered spending restraint. Yeah, you don't have uh, you you don't have to. Prolificate to be progressive," he said, after unveiling a slightly slimmed down budget last Friday. Necessity is a mother of invention, of Mister Newsom's newly discovered fiscal invention. The state is now forecasting a thirty one point five billion dollar deficit, up nine billion from his January plan and a reversal from last year's ninety seven point five billion plus. Even this is this is the sentence. This is the important sentence. Even. He blames California's heavily progressive income tax structure which makes the state vulnerable to sharp revenue swings. The state's top marginal tax rate of 13.3% hits households making more than 1 million and the top 0.5% of taxpayers pay more than 40% of state income tax revenue. Capital gains revenue has fallen with the stock market and tech startup valuations, income tax withholding is running about 5% lower from last year, no doubt owing in part to the layoffs, the tech layoffs. The governor's new budget predicts operating deficits of roughly $15 billion each year from 2024 to 2027. Uh, ergo, the new Newsom... Uh, a $306 billion budget cuts $15 billion in spending, in part by clawing back funds appropriated during the pandemic but never spent. Following Sacramento custom, Mr. Newsom also employs accounting tricks, such as paying for general fund spending with other revenue sources. His budget is hardly frugal. <laughs> but Mr. Newsom is resisting, at least for now, the legislature's reflexive impulse to raise taxes and raid the state's resources to spend more on climate, social welfare, and raises for government workers. State uh, Senate Democrats want to oppose a new progressive corporate income tax and suspend a net operating loss deduction, which lets businesses carry forward losses to future years. They're just doing everything to kill business they possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't that remind you of when was it uh, when Cuomo became governor of New York. Mm-hmm. Remember, he wanted to get rid of the millionaire's tax. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he said something like, yeah, I'm a progressive, but you can't be progressive. You can't afford to be liber- liberal on this. Right. And when you tax the rich so much as California does, mm-hmm. and then what they want to do is tax them more is what they actually want to do, and more corporate taxes, which, again, are stealth taxes passed down Uh, to the individual, which, again, for the, oh, I don't know, 10,000th maybe time of me being a talk radio host for now 34 years, never had any Democrat attempt to answer this question, why are you so easily BS to believe that corporate taxes punish the companies and aren't a stealth tax that hurt the poor and the middle class the most? You know it does. Democrats will admit it. Mm-hmm. When it starts hurting business, or when it starts uh, when business it starts hurting business, and then they say, "Yeah, well, of course they pass it on." We, you know, they pass it on. You know how gasoline prices work. You know, every single time there is an increase, gasoline prices go up. Mm-hmm. When the cost of business goes up, the price goes up, and it affects the consumer. Why are you so easily BS'd by that? Why do you wish to believe if you are a Democrat the fairy tale? That corporations, if they are taxed more, they're the ones that are punished and it doesn't affect the population or it is not a stealth tax on the the poor, which hurts the poor the most. Why do you continue to believe that? Why do you allow if you claim you care about the poor? But then again, they don't because the Democratic Party is changing. It's becoming, you know, the elite, the elites in the suburbs and the rich areas of this country that's what the Demo- that's what the democratic party is attempting to serve these days
0: They're well not- people you know th- this is the problem that people get into their own situation and then they compare themselves to others and so when it comes to the corporations of course corporations will always have money more money than they do it's jealousy and envy and the same with with Elon Musk you know and it's it, it the problem is is that people believe that well you know what i don't care we should punish people we should punish corporations you're not punishing a corporation by raising corporate taxes they're going to pass that out, uh, on to the consumer that's where corporations get their money from the consumer why do i need to say that out loud And you're in a situation where, well, I don't care. We should They should be paying. And they just, all logic goes out the door. Well, wasn't it Obama who said,
2: you know, we paid for it? Yeah. When he was talking about the fact that government yeah. pays for these things.
0: He, he was telling and, businesses, you didn't build that. Right. Because the government built the bridges and the roads. And we stopped that night, hours after he said it. We said, no, 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 no. The government is funded from taxes from the businesses. Right. He wasn't even going to be honest, or he's clueless one or the other, on how it works. The taxes fund the government. Right. And the profits fund the government. They built the roads, the bridges, and the businesses, Mr. Obama. And
2: as we've seen where Democrats have gone, no longer do they just want to tax profits, they want to tax the actual wealth of individuals, which will eventually lead to taxing the wealth of corporations, which is their buildings. Yes. Their, you know, their machines, uh, their, you know, the wealth that they have in it. And that's where Democrats are, are going. But I just wonder why Democrats, why are you so easily fooled by it? Because it's something that comes back and hurts the poor the most. And it's a stealth tax.
0: And when Obama said that, I'll never forget that, you know, you didn't pay for it, we did. Yeah, no, you didn't, because if it weren't for profits, there wouldn't be revenue to the government. And now they want to change that, by the way. They want to change how they tax the the corporations, anybody who makes a profit, because they want to start going after the gross profits. They want to start going more and more after the wealth that you've already paid taxes on. Well, that's, you know, I I love how... The term
2: gross profit should not even exist. Right. Because basically, basically that's revenue. Exactly. That's revenue coming in. It's not, it's like, well, we haven't paid our expenses yet. It doesn't matter. But the jealousy and envy
0: rules, they get the political will behind them because people, for whatever reason, carry that jealousy and envy that whatever corporation or whatever person, and they always use the word has, they have this money. They earn that money, and it's none of your damn business. And but it, it it gets back to the
2: socialist slash communist mentality, which is the fact that capitalism is evil, mm-hmm. that profit making, and that's the real. That's always I I think uh, psychologically been a very interesting uh, sociological mindset that exists with the left, and that is the fact of wanting something that you haven't earned mm-hmm. is not greed, but legitimately selling a product that people wish to buy and making a legitimate profit off of that is somehow evil and worthy of your jealousy and envy. But the fact of you getting something and not earning it mm-hmm. and demanding that you get something as if you're entitled there is a huge flaw in the democratic mindset and in the uh, in the uh, uh, socialist mindset, the liberal mindset that that isn't jealous or that that isn't uh, 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 greed. Mm-hmm. That greed is greed is legitimately making a profit by selling a good or service that people want. That's greed. Well, if you make too much, then that's greed. Mm-hmm. But them wanting something for nothing and being jealous and envious is not viewed as greed. Right. It's almost an entitlement. Well, we deserve it. And and what they do is they, uh, again, the logic becomes because the companies and the billionaires are taking that money away from us.
0: Right. Like there's a finite amount right. of wealth. Well, I mean, that, that was that there's one pile of dollars that exists and there's no such thing as an expansion of wealth. This is this is how clueless people are about how it actually
2: works. Well I mean that's what Bernie Sanders, you know, after we've we've often talked about what came out of Occupy Wall Street was one thing. That college, you know, that uh, the the banks were ripping off the you know the the, the people and so the banks should forgive college loans, yeah. and we're like, well, wait yeah. a minute. No, it was the colleges yeah. that promised you something. Yeah. Nobody's going after the colleges for promising you something they can't deliver. The bank simply gave you what you wanted, Remember what you, what you signed for, and then, Bernie, you remember you know, going out there and telling college students you can't make it because of billionaires. As if billionaires have taken something from you, Mm -hmm. which is the ultimate in the socialist philosophy of creating class warfare and envy and jealousy. But it's a lie.
0: Right. And then he goes out and makes millions on a book. Yeah. (laughs) You can't make it. Oh, I just wrote a book. But remember when they brought... The CEOs from the banks up, I forget, they were they were there to testify about something else. And then one of the lawmakers went through and said, how many of these college loans do you have on your books? People are hurting because they can't repay their college loans. We want to know what you're doing about that. Uh, we don't have any on our books. You guys took them. Yeah. That was oh, great. man, it was such a hard burn, first of all, again. Shouldn't you know the answer to the question before you ask the question? I mean, I, I would want to. I would. I would want to make sure I'm not going to get burned no. if I'm serving in office. I want to know that I'm not responsible. The people aren't responsible for those loans before I ask them the questions. Well, n-
2: yes, yes, they sh- yes, they should. But no, that isn't a. a <laughs> I'm having fun here and I understand that isn't a realistic way to look at it because if you're on the 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 left, (laughs) no, no, because the people in Congress actually (laughs) represent the same mindset of the people that vote for them. Uh As we've said, you think AOC or Cori Bush have any clue on how economics really works, how the world really works? Of course not. No, they don't. And and a lot of people that vote for them are the same way. Mm -hmm. We've often said, understand that. People that are elected represent the same mindset of the people that put them into office. Mm -hmm. So if there's a massive amount of ignorance in the population and they vote for a particular candidate, as we see on the left all the time, one shouldn't be surprised that all of them are clueless.
0: Well, the good news is Mm -hmm. that Guam Guam is not densely populated because Mm -hmm. we all know what can happen.
2: Well, that's, you know, right there. You know, I was the complete idiocy. I was
0: very close to being born on Guam. My dad was stationed on Guam, and then moved to Omaha. A couple of months, they it was a couple of months before I was born.
2: How heavy were you as a baby?
0: My head was most of it, and I was ninety two pounds. Oh, you oh you would have my my head was eighty four pounds of that. You would have tipped over Guam. Oh no, that's my point. It would have flipped. It would have actually had I been born. I think that's why they told my mom. Look, she was seven months along. Listen, normally we wouldn't say this, but you need to get on a plane.
2: Was it Representative Johnson who said that?
0: Yeah, yeah, from
2: Georgia. Guam
0: might. T- are we worried that Guam might tip, tip over? over. Uh, that
2: was even better than Don Lemon asking if a black hole took down no, yeah, the Malaysian that was, airliner. That was,
0: better. that was that was that was that was that was miles that was
2: that was, even, that was actually more entertaining. Yeah. Now looking at Mary Shivo's face. <laughs> you know, answering Don Lemon yeah. and being at that point the kindest and most compassionate individual ever on TV because I that would was have as said, generous as it gets. Yeah. What are you, a complete moron? Yeah. yeah. Or do you know how it works? Well, no, Don, a, a small black hole the size of a pin would basically suck in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. no, a black hole probably did not take down the Malaysia airliner. Yeah. Yeah, we got a great show ahead. We do. 866 red eye
3: When it comes to truck maintenance, sometimes it's the little things that can cause the most trouble, like cabin air filters. When properly serviced, cabin air filters provide a barrier between pollutants and harmful particles outside and your HVAC system. If you don't pay attention to them, however, this small part can turn into big trouble in no time. Breathe easy when you know which warning signs could indicate that your cabin air filters are clogged. A dirty, musty smell throughout the entire cab may indicate your cabin air filters are oversaturated and need to be replaced. Check the condition of your filters if you smell an unusual odor coming from your ventilation system. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. Brought to you by Motel 6.
4: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
2: front radio he's eric carley and i'm gary mcnamara wow we got a great show ahead of me coming up a democrat dares to define a woman oh. okay now the definition you may disagree with but a democrat but they tried. has defined a woman all right in fact we do have a uh there's a ton of different things uh different uh, stories out there over the last couple of days and this is uh go anywhere thursday <laughs> there's just so many things going on and we huh. just we just pop from one topic to the other everybody okay with that we, we just yeah jump from one topic to the other <laughs> uh but uh <laughs> there's a couple of stories uh uh out there including uh, uh including that one and then the story we didn't get to it yesterday. It actually came out yesterday we didn't, we didn't get a chance to do it but uh, actually, the sorority, sorority, sorority sisters mm-hmm. uh, were on uh, Fox last night. And the sorority at, uh, what is it, University of Wyoming, mm-hmm. where the national chapter said you must take a man in. And so this yeah. guy who really hasn't transitioned at all uh, in any way sits there and visibly is aroused when yeah. the women walk by them. Yeah. And, and they have j- to—they
0: they have to take it. Yep. They, and they yeah. have to put up with it.
1: Edgewise, Eric Hurley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And
2: he is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, So here we go. We finally have a Democrat. Now, it's a Democrat state lawmaker in the state of Texas. I don't know if this has become national news yet, but a Democratic uh, state lawmaker in Texas answered the question. This is the first time that we know uh, since the radical liberal transgender activist movement has begun where a Democrat has given a definition of a woman. Are you ready? All right. It was uh, GOP State Representative Matt Schaefer asked Democratic State Representative John Boosie, uh, it's B U C Y I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, what the definition of a woman is the answer from Boosie uh, When a woman tells me they're a woman, I know they're a woman, Boosie said, noting that he trusts them to provide uh trust him, them to provide him with the answer. When he pressed the issue, he asked Boosie if he could define a woman. Boosie doubled down by declaring that when someone tells him that they are a woman, then they are a woman. Hmm. Schaefer did not give up but continued to press for the actual answer. Mr. Boosie, can you define it without using the word? He asked, noting that saying a woman is a woman is not a definition. I'm asking you to define the term without using the word. He responded saying he trusts Schaefer and others on the floor to tell him their gender or to not tell uh, him as it is not his business. (laughs) Um, Apparently there's a video clip of it. I got to find the video clip. Hilarious to listen to yeah. folks twist into knots when asked a simple question. But the answer was, I mean, that, that's why we're being sarcastic. The answer is uh, a woman is somebody who tells me they're a woman. Okay. Basically, that's what his answer was, which, again, is, isn't is really an answer because you're asking, what is a woman? Right, right.
0: What is yeah. it? <laughs> and, so I guess he just believes everything people tell him. <laughs> Now listen As the owner of Twitter and the founder of Tesla I will tell you (laughs) Hold on Let me check my bank account Oh wait I'm not Elon Musk Oh dang it Somebody tells me something Okay If they tell you if a white guy walks up and says, I am a black woman. I am a uh, a child of Asian descent. I mean, it gets back into all the questions we've been having theoretically through this whole thing. You just believe them? If a child comes up and says, I can buy this alcohol because I'm an adult. You believe them? <laughs> I just really
2: wonder what Democratic voters think about that answer. Yeah, right. Because Democrat, the, the as I said, uh, you have seen whether it was Judge Jackson who could not define what a woman is. No. And, it's, and our point was, and we said at the time... That should disqualify her mm-hmm. as a Supreme Court justice. Nobody ever disagreed with us on it, because you can't, with the logic of how can you rule on women's issues and how they apply to the Constitution if you cannot define what a woman is. If you can't, def- if you can't define something, how can you rule on it?
0: If a man claims in a lawsuit for example, that he was fired for being a woman, that it is discrimination because he's a woman, then how would the justice handle that case? That's what it gets down to. They're trying to change the legal definition You know, liberals lost their minds when Trump came in after the Obama administration and, and through the CDC, they medically, they came back and changed the definitions back to science. And the left was crazy. They just went crazy. Uh, New York Times, one of the liberal media groups reporting on the state of Texas, Banning mutilation surgery for children. And the way they phrase it is Texas has banned transgender care for children. Care. It's care. Remember, abortion and genital mutilation is health care. I found the audio. All right. You got
2: it. You ready? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Idea. All right. Okay, let's see if it plays. Okay. All, All right, right. Here we go.
4: All right. Allow for the what you what you say is a trans woman to compete against the women. Correct.
1: Yes. Well, yeah. I don't now because we banned it.
4: Okay. Uh, what is a woman? I'm sorry. What is your question? What is a woman? What part of this bill are you referring to with this question? I, I'm I'm asking you to answer. The definitive nature of of your statement. You've asserted from the front mic multiple times. When a woman tells me they're
2: a woman, I know they're a woman because I trust them to give me that answer. So can can you define a woman? I just did. When they tell me they're a woman, then they're a woman. It's not for me. Can you define that? I just did. That's my answer to you.
4: Mr. Busey, can you define it without using the word? Because for you to say, a woman is a woman is not a definition. I'm asking you to define the term without using the word. I because trust if you in to tell, tell leader- me what
2: gender you are and I trust everybody on this floor to tell me what gender they are
0: or to not tell me because it's none of my business. That is officially the most insane thing that I have heard from anybody named Busey. And that's a pretty tall standard. Well, do you think he actually believes that?
2: No. Or is he lying? He's lying. He's lying. Because that's the
0: narrative the Democrats have. If they say it, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Then all of the protected classes are gone. Yeah. Because if anyone can become a member of a protected class simply by saying so, then there are no protected classes because everyone belongs in a protected class or any protected class, and that can change tomorrow if I say so. You've got to believe it. Well, I mean, this, but this is part of the – and and I wish that Republicans
2: would explain this the better because th- this is a discussion I have with people constantly, you know, out, outside of being – I mean, I know I do it on the air, but, you know, when I – People say, I say, well, the Democrats are insane. What are you talking about? I said, well, think about this. If they can't define a woman and they refuse to define a woman, then how can you judge on anything dealing with women? You know, and I, uh, you know, I'll bring up Judge Jackson saying, how? and they can't answer the question. They don't know. They sit there, well, well, yeah, well, well you know, it's, I go, you know, it's what? W- what, what is it, you know, because I'll get there. Well, you know, yeah. well, what does that mean? Yeah, you know. Uh. Right. Uh, if they believe that. And you take that and you extrapolate it out to every other issue. If they cannot define what a woman is, and they believe, and they're promoting, I don't know if they believe it, but they're promoting the fact that a man gets to define what a woman is, and they believe that a biological man can be a biological woman, because, uh, Busey there was talking about the, the, uh, at the very beginning that he believes men should compete against women in sports. Mm-hmm. Then every other issue that they bring up that is also just as insane, and we bring up energy, for example, we've always used this, mm-hmm. when, they'll, when they'll sit there and say, okay, yeah, we can run the entire grid on solar and wind. Oh, by the way, we've got a story coming up on that. The warning's mm-hmm. coming out now yeah, right. for this uh, for this summer because we're insane. Yeah. But he really starts out, I think the 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 uh radical liberal transgender activist movement that the mainstream of the Democratic Party has endorsed is the first indicator, and then you can go to other topics, the first indicator that they are delusional. Yeah. They're absolutely delusional. And you cannot tell me that I'm wrong on that. <laughs> Because you can use it on all the other, t- the border is secure. Mm-hmm. You know the gaslighting that we get from them. Because really, in a way, you know, when when uh, Judge Jackson said it, when Busey said it there uh, in the legislature in in Texas, they're gaslighting
0: because
2: mm-hmm. everybody knows they're lying. Yeah, everyone knows that every adult person knows and can define what a woman is versus a man, and
0: it's based on chromosomes. Yeah. And we all know that. I almost expected Busey to say, because you have to believe the woman. (laughs) 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 Which related to something totally different, but why not co-opt it for this? I mean, this is, but this is it. I'm, because I trust her. That's gaslighting to the nth degree. Yeah. How dare you not trust her? Well, her's not a he, and I don't trust him. Did you see where... I
2: I, trust science. I I think it was the Daily Caller that came out with the list of all the conservative outlets that are, you know, uh, in stories using the pronouns to define... You know, they may have a story where they disagree with it, but then they will call a man a she. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have always stated, you know, whatever your designated name is, for example, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, I'll call Caitlyn Jenner because people understand who you're talking about at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call Caitlyn Jenner a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say she. Now, once in a while, if we're reading an article and we've read articles where, you know, verbatim, we've done it. In
0: the and back they course. all do it. I mean, it's somebody yeah. listed it. It's Wall Street Journal, Fox News. They've all Fox News, you know, the ones, Wa-
2: Washington Examiner. Yeah.
0: Uh, if they, New they, York Post
2: has done it. Yeah. Oh yeah. New York Post has done it. Yep, absolutely mm-hmm. they have. And you look at it and you go, well, why are you doing it? You're taking a stand on one thing, but you're basically you're you're basically parroting the propaganda of the left. You know? Uh because that defines the sex of a person. Yep. And they have lost, you know, that you know what what I see the last desperation of the Democrats on this is saying, well, you know, gender uh, gender and sex are different. Can't say that now that you say a man should compete against a woman because right. what you're saying is gender and sex are the same. Right. We still never got the memo. We never got the memo because we were talking about this, and it was only a few years ago where we were having the argument and the debate with people who would call and say, well, gender and sex are different. That's what we're trying to tell you. You don't understand gender. No, they're not. No. You changed the definition of gender. And we went back through the history of what gender and sex meant, and they were the same thing back in the 70s. And then the liberal transgender activist movement got involved in it and then started trying to separate it to make their point that it's separate. And then when they got to a certain point, said, no, we combine it all together. Gender and sex is the same thing. Men should compete against the women. And that's where they can't win the argument. Mm-hmm. That's where scientists. That, that's where science blows them out of the water. That's why Mr. Busey looks like a complete idiot in the Texas legislature because everybody knows he's gaslighted. The whole thing of the liberal transgender uh, uh, movement, the radical movement, is all based on gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It's basically through intimidation telling people you must accept this
0: lie. Right. And, and, you, and we see it as the obvious right. truth, and how can't you see it? Right. Well, what do you mean? Come
2: on, it's a woman. You know, it's the same thing. I, same thing you're seeing on the Durham report. Right. Nothing yeah. there. Nothing right. there. Nothing there. Nothing there. Let's get into specifics. No, nothing there. Yeah. I don't need to right. get into specifics. There's nothing there. Yeah. I don't right. need to get into details. Yeah. Right. There's nothing there. Right. Yeah. This is what we're dealing with in our mm-hmm. society now: ignorance and Eight, lies. Six, yep. Eight six
1: six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: Red Eye Radio. Hey Sarah Carley, I'm Gary McNamara, hmm. Erica. We just just took a glance at the Babylon Bee, and I just saw this headline: <laughs> Pete Buttigieg takes parental leave again after adopting a highway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: <God>. That's funny.
3: <laughs> Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products
1: From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. We, Eric over there, hello, Harley, McNamara Gary over here. Yeah.
0: Good morning. I was uh, taking a look during the break at the... New paid leave thing in Washington State. I'm sure you saw that.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, And the funding for it. You know how it's funded? It's a premium that the employee pays, not the employer. So kind of like your Social Security and Medicare, Mm -hmm. it's 0.58% of your gross wages, 0.58% and then you have to have a number of qualifying hours you know you have to work so many hours and, and to be able to qualify for it uh and it's you know it's seems like it's a big deal my question is how long before they have to change the rate on that premium what does it, give, it what does it give you 200 years if you have a cold paid leave <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it might be it might be a hundred years uh, let's see here all right uh, dun, 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 dun. if you have a serious health condition um, that prevents you from working I think it is up to 12 weeks a year. I got I to gotta get the details here. I was looking for the funding mechanism because I thought, okay. And, you know, you go to the state website, the Washington State Government website, and it has things like, employers, here's how you can help. Well, basically, it's comply because you have to collect that 0.58% from every employee and then pass it along to the state. I mean, that's basically how they can help is you have to participate because you are by law required to starting in July. And let's see here. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Benefits. What are the benefits? Well, and the reason, the reason I asked the, the,
2: the, the question is, uh, you know, for example, at our company mm-hmm. and, and companies I've worked at before, I you know we have short term and long term disability. Yeah. Right, and that's a, that's what we and at, we pay at, a
0: premium for that. Yes,
2: yeah. we pay a premium uh, for it. I just wonder because this is something now that is you know in in law. You and I work in a business where it you just can't miss. There are yeah. certain businesses where you just cannot. There's, there's no way, you know, now if I'm sick, I'd have to, you know, I'd be out until I came back in, but for other types of, of, uh, parental leave and things that they talk about, you know, that's not included, you know, for the, you know, the disability we have, you know, we have to be disabled or sick in some way. Right. So, and, and and the insurance company is going to want to know that you're really sick and, yeah, but yeah. it's but it's still it's expensive.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it, it's and they work directly now. with your doctors and everything else. Right. I mean, your doctors basically yeah. are doing all the confirmation and everything. Right. It's a very you know. I mean, they now now
2: ours for example. I believe the uh, long term is what two years.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, but I think it's something. Yeah, in that range. For, yeah. I think it's like you collect for
2: for for two years on. Right. It. right. This would be a maximum of twelve weeks. My my. I guess my, here's my point. With everybody using it, have they? Really low what it's really going to cost? That's,
0: see, that's my question. When I looked at the funding mechanism, 0.58% of your gross pay, and there's no cap like there is on the FICA tax. You know, FICA has a, a, uh, right, a cap right. of whatever it is, $150,000 a year, whatever it is right now, and they are not putting a cap here. So here are the benefits medical leave. If you have a serious uh, ailment that prevents you from uh, from working, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, major surgery uh, during pregnancy. If there's an ailment that keeps you from working, to receive treatment for a chronic health condition, uh, receive inpatient uh, treatment for substance abuse or mental health. Uh, the amount, the amount of paid leave you can take is determined by your medical provider. So your doctor basically says they need this much time off, and then they tell the state you have to go to the. State website and apply for this, right? Uh, And it's up to 12 weeks a year. Family leave includes bonding leave and military family leave. You can take paid time off. This, uh, This, again, is in Washington State. You can take paid time off to care for a family member with a serious health condition or if you're bonding with a new baby or child in your family. My son will be 35 in July. Can I bond with an old baby? For like four weeks in Lake Tahoe? Military family leave allows you to spend time with a family member who is about to be deployed overseas or is returning from overseas deployment. You may use family leave to care for spouses and domestic partners, children, biological, adopted, foster, and step or stepchild. Parents and legal guardians, or the spouse's parents. Siblings, grandchildren, grandparents, or spouse's grandparents. Son-in-law and daughter-in-law. Someone who has uh, an expectation to rely on you for care, whether you live together or not. That's interesting. Uh, we may... Require documentation about your relationship and, and, and there. Uh, you must have worked 820 hours in your qualifying period.
2: Let me about ask you 16
0: this. hours a week, they say, on the average, okay, what that is.
2: Well, let me, for a year?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. guessing yes, yes, it, you have hours. to build that, would, that up for right. a year. Look, yeah. It
2: sounds like that would be yeah. a- around the 800 hour. If you yeah. just, I just did it quickly in my head. Mm. Uh, so is this required? Does everybody have to pay into this? Or is it just you can opt in or opt out?
0: Uh no, I believe it is required. Okay. Yeah. Uh it would have to be. There's no yeah. way you can cover yeah, it there's, if there's not. Yeah. And
2: and I even look I, I'm I want to see the math on this, how they figured out the math. Ah. Certain workers
0: are not automatically eligible for paid leave. They include These are people that are not automatically eligible. Federal employees, people employed by businesses located on tribal land, self-employed people who do not opt into the state program. That's interesting. Workers covered by a collective bargaining agreement that hasn't expired, been reopened or renegotiated since October 19th, 2017. You may not be eligible yet. Ask your employer or union representative if you are unsure, if this applies to you. Again, this is in Washington State. Workers covered by their employer's approved voluntary plan. So if the employer has a plan, and I'm guessing it would have to be at least the same benefits or greater benefits through that voluntary program, and it has to be approved by the state, that employer has to get that approval by the state. So... If you want to cover your workers in a different way, as long as the state says yeah, okie But what we have a disability plan is not a family leave plan. No. Right. No. Right. No. Okay. No. No. The Family Medical Leave Act, uh, if you look at, at that, uh, that is unpaid. Unpaid, it, you right. You know, it still is in effect, mm-hmm. but that is unpaid. There are a lot of people that be- that still believe that is paid that have clearly never had to take it, but mm-hmm. it is not paid. So, um, hmm. now, uh, does it it pay you your full salary? Uh, I don't believe so. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah.
2: I just wonder what you get paid for. I mean, because it, you, if you're, if you're paying in 0.5%, then the more you
0: make, the more you pay in. Well, you know, I, and I'll I'll have to double check that. I mean, you know, with with like with uh, uh, short term disability and long term disability, what is it, sixty percent? Sixty percent, yeah. yeah. Non taxable. It's non taxable, right? right? Is the family leave? Ooh. How much will I get? Ooh. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. How much will I get? Okay. When you take paid leave, you can receive. This is from the um, uh, paid leave wa.gov, the Washington State website. When you take paid leave, you can receive up to ninety percent of your weekly pay, up to a maximum of fourteen hundred and twenty-seven dollars in twenty twenty-three. A week, a week. Yes. Okay. Use your use our calculator to find out about how much your pay. Would be if you uh, if your leave starts in 2023 uh how much time do i get uh, i think we went over most of that up to 12 weeks of medical leave or family leave up to 16 weeks of combined medical i had a question about that of combined medical and family leave up to 18 weeks of combined medical And family leave if you experience a condition in pregnancy that results in in incapacity, like being put on bed rest uh, or having a C-section. Hmm. Interesting.
2: I just wonder if the premiums are going to cover
0: it. I, that's my question. That was it. That's why I had to, you know, because I'd seen the story where the governor signed it and, uh, Inslee and, and, and then I thought, okay, uh, I wonder how they're going to pay for that. Well, I had heard that it is going to be employer-employee based, but it's really employee based. They're taxing you for it. And what's interesting is when you tax people for it and they're keenly aware that you're, you know, that everybody knows they're being taxed for it, And by golly, you're going to use it, right? Mm-hmm. If the employer were paying for it, probably the same effect Hey, my employer's paying for it. I don't care. I'm going to use it. Um, but at 0.58% of the gross salary, of your gross salary, is it going to cover everyone on the average? And that's that's my question because, I mean, everybody's going to take advantage of this. Now, if it's medical, your doctor has to say, okay, they need two weeks. They need four weeks. But, you know, if you're pregnant and uh, like my daughter back in 2006 uh, was pregnant with twins during a very hot Texas summer. And so uh, it was bed rest for her a lot. Now if you're ordered to bed rest and you know and 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 that does happen and you're pregnant or if you have any condition where the doctor says they need to be out, you know, up to twelve weeks, then that's going to be paid. Ninety percent of your your uh your salary, your weekly. That's that's really interesting. And it's, it's also every year. So my question would be, you take 12 weeks in the third quarter of this year, which pretty much is the third quarter of this year.
2: <laughs> okay, so if you make 100000 a year, it would be $580 a year
0: you'd have to yeah. pay. You're telling me that's going to cover it? Again... Because if if, you ta- if a doctor, because, it because if
2: you can take it every year
0: mm-hmm.
2: well if you're you make up to a maximum of 1400 it'd be interesting to see but if you're making a thousand that's gone in one month mm-hmm. what you've actually paid in
0: right well and there will be adjustments to the benefits right there will be people saying well look we need this added we need that added we need more time approved for this situation or condition. And inevitably the cost of medical care is going to go up. I mean, that's just a fact. And so, you know, when you look at then the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the cost of an employer, not having that employee, as you mentioned, you know, Especially with
2: even though they're not paying for it, even though with the worker shortage that we have today, I was thinking about that also. Yeah, Yeah, they're
0: going to be short that person or Mm -hmm. maybe a couple of people, you know, I mean, if it's two members of one family. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch, but I suspect the premiums will go up. Eight six six ninety red eye
3: surviving and thriving as an owner operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: Hi radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'll say one thing about the program. Mm. They're not just throwing it into the general budget. They're saying you, you know <laughs> this uh, this uh, f- uh, paid family leave you got to pay for yeah. as a worker. nothing right. is free right And we'll see whether it can actually cover the cost right. of uh, that's what I always I always have major doubts. That whenever, you know, government comes up, because I think it's been proven over and over again, uh, you know, it's the same thing with with, uh, health care. That when Colorado, when California, when Vermont have tried to, you know, do the health care on a state basis, well, people have to pay for it right now. Right. And no, in order to pass health care, what they want is to tax future generations for what we want today. Now, right. I don't mean right. we when we say we, but, I mean, mm-hmm. but for what they want today, they want to tax future generations, which is why uh, Democrats are absolutely passionate about the fact that you have to have nationalized health care because you have to go into, you know, you have to be doing debt servicing in order to, in, in order to not tick everybody off.
5: You yeah, can't pay yeah.
2: for it all. And mm-hmm. that's the problem now with the deficits. I mean, we've spent... You think about this. I mean, that's why it's humorous when you see that the Democrats, now Corey Bush, introduced $14 trillion reparations program for the federal government. I mean, these people are insane. But you think about it, with all the spending they've done over the last couple of years and now the increased spending that is just a part of our budget, there's no way you're going to see any type of nationalized health care in this country even be promoted. No. That's, that's no. long gone because, no. because we now see... Could could you imagine if they did the fourteen trillion dollars I and mean, what what inflation would be? Right.
0: Oh my God! Think
2: about that. Fourteen trillion. What would inflation be if you if you did that for oh, reparations? Forget it. Forget I it. know.
1: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios,
2: and he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. When I think about this uh, family leave plan in uh, uh, in Washington State, where you have to pay point uh, five eight percent of your uh, your gross pay mm-hmm. uh, every week uh, in order to collect a maximum of fourteen hundred a week, so. I'm sure there's going to be a big sliding scale there as to what people collect, but you know you made the point and I agree with it that once people are paying into it, are they more likely wanting to take every single bit of the family leave that they that they possibly can? Is there a much greater incentive to do so? And of course, the answer would be yes. Yeah, there right. is, which makes us you want, pay the premium, right? Yeah. Which makes us wonder. Is is you know is, is this just partially going to pay for it? Because I I would love to see the math on this based on what they're charging for premium. And it reminds me of a story when I was a machinist. I worked at this one plant, and uh, you know we were we were uh, International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, and we had a pretty decent contract, and there was a pretty good disability
0: plan. But even back then, this goes back to eighteen ninety. Steam powered plant, right? Before electricity, no. It we worked. You worked by lantern.
2: No. no, whale blubber. No, when windmills was when windmills was actually new technology. <laughs> was actually new technology. Exactly.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this would have been nineteen seventy nine. Hydropower. power. Yeah, 19- you you mean the water mill outside? <laughs> This has
2: been 1979 or 1980, and it was yeah. it, and a we pretty good contract. And so we had disability. Mm. And I think there was like stress for this. You could take time off for stress. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this one guy just burned the system constantly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was out yeah, constantly. He would take, and he would always, it would always happen around May of, right around now, you know, the stress would just be getting to him. Mm-hmm. And since he had got a doctor's approval once on it, It got approved every year. He would take off every summer. Mm -hmm. I mean, every, and then he'd sit there and go, (laughs) everybody knew that he was conning the system. Everybody did. Now, he wasn't paying directly into it, but there are people that will, will, will do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, many people won't. I mean, I'm, to to me, uh, being off of work isn't a good thing unless I have to be off of Right. Of work for something because mm-hmm. it's not just about what I what I get and you know what I'm what I earn or what I'm paid. It's everything's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Everything every, there isn't any job that I've worked in my life that didn't prepare me for what I do today. Right. Every single thing I've done in my life. And I've always known that and, and my dad pounded that into me by the way just say a quick prayer for my dad he's he just uh, he was admitted to the hospital last night yeah. he's okay he had an yeah. EKG everything was great his blood pressure was just a little low he'd probably kill me if he knew I was talking about this but just uh well, say, say a prayer yeah, for yeah, say, yeah. say a prayer for him uh I just I got the notice a little while ago from my sister that the EKG basically is you know is, is fine there's no big problem okay uh there he just had some low blood pressure he fell yesterday and cut himself a little mm. bit and you know he's 97 so yeah,
3: yeah
2: uh but uh and i and i talked to him i mean i talked to my just so people know because it's something i get mail about all the time and people mm. ask me you still talk to your dad every day every single day since mm. my mom died yeah um you know 3 years ago so every yeah. single day i talked to him for probably an hour and 15 minutes yesterday mm. and and it you know apparently he fell just a little bit afterwards and then my mm. my you know two sisters and my brother and my brother-in-law you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, discussed it and said, "Okay, what's your blood pressure? Go to the hospital." But mm. he's, yeah, he's he's doing all right. But you know, my father always taught me that you know, you you know, you, you work because you every single day that you work, you're learning something new. Yeah, and and so that's always been my philosophy. Yeah, there's but, a return on it, right? And, and you know? but uh, the funniest thing is, so this guy did it for every year he did it every mm. single, every single year that I was there, he did it. He would take off, and everybody knew he was conning the system. Ten years goes by. I'm completely out of machining by that time. I'm in radio, yeah. And I've been out, I've been in radio probably for about oh six years. And I was station manager, and we had uh, we had this huge skating party. Rented out this arena and all the list, and it was just mobbed. All of a sudden, we're sitting there at the concession stand. <laughs> he walks up. Hey, Gary, what's going on? So it's this guy. And I said, "Hey, how you doing?" He goes, "You're not going to believe what I'm doing." I said, "You still working at the plant?" He goes, "Yep." I said, "What are you?" And he said, "Plant manager." Wow! God is my witness! Wow! He
0: said, "I'm plant manager now." And I, well, well, he got the ju- then he's getting a ton of time off it's a ten years <laughs> later. And the first question I said
2: is, "So did you clamp down on people using?" <laughs> That's the first question I asked. Did you have to clamp down on people? Uh, you know, using uh, disability and not the right way, and he goes, "Yeah, we watch that real yeah, closely." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I just, but that's the thing. I just don't. I, I my thing is, look, when government ever does something like this, especially when you know liberals force some type of huge social program plan, they they always undersell what the cost is going to be, and we know that. In fact, let's go to John in Virginia, who's an insurance agent. John, welcome. You're on Rudd Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi, John.
3: Hey, uh, you guys are on the
0: right track. When you said disability income, uh, short-term disability, long-term disability premiums are, are high, mm-hmm. it's because the average claim is like several hundred thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. So you guys are on the right track. Uh, if this is used like often, like every year, every second or third year by the employees,
5: there's no way that premium is going to cover it. No way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, no it's not because uh, Gary did the simple math. You're talking about, you know, uh, five hundred and eighty dollars for someone who is making a hundred thousand dollars, and so you look at that, and that is not going to get close to covering it. And I, you know, there there are, you know, it's Washington State has had uh, paid family leave. A while there are some uh, new things about it, but uh, this from King Five there in Seattle, Washington paid family leave program could hit an 8.7 million dollar deficit. Uh, you know, so they look, you, you look at the math, and and you already know it's not going to hold up. And here's what changes the behavior changes, right. Because if you go in and you say, well, we're going to do this or we're going to update it this, and here's the average time that someone takes off. No, that's the average time that they take off without the benefits. If you add the benefits, right, the behavior right. changes, which by the way is the entire point of all of this, which means that you, uh, the, the cost that is incurred for it is going to be much greater than mm-hmm. anything that yeah, you. My- you're applying in, in terms of a historic standard, you know?
4: My main, main idea was they're trying to make people lazy. It, it's socializing
0: people
3: into being communist, socialist-type subjects.
0: Yeah. Let me let me ask
2: you this because you're in the insurance business. So when it, we're on the right path, when we say an insurance company would look and say, okay, what do we estimate the number of people that will be in this plan and what will be the total that we will accumulate and how many people will use it, and therefore you figure out what your profit will you know will be, whether you can cover it or not and if you can't cover it, you have to raise rates uh or uh, cut back on the benefits of the plan when I see for example our short term and and long term disability, you have to basically prove with a doctor for that this is it's not an expansive family leave plan it's simply disability you have to be sick you have to be disabled and a doctor has right and a doctor has to prove it and that's still extremely expensive now i will say this because our long-term disability goes on for two years that's a lot longer than 12 weeks uh or or what was the combination you could take was it 16 total
0: uh you well there could be a combination of up to 18 depending on certain all conditions but, but that's that's it's, it's,
5: too, it's too much too much
0: subjectivity and too little objectivity so people are going to tend to just gravitate to just maxing out as much as they can like you said your fellow worker years ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know and what changes it, it here uh what has changed here in uh in washington state is the the gig drivers this is the pro the the, the gig, gig drivers uh the gig workers and and so uber drivers lyft drivers what, they, what they're doing is, in these states, and, and thanks for the call and the input. We mm-hmm. appreciate that, John. Uh, what they're doing in these blue states is they want to take, essentially, uh, the, the the contractors out of the equation. You shouldn't be your own contractor. There are a ton of people that drive for Uber and Lyft and have no problem at all. It's not their main income. There are others that say, I can't make a living, the rates aren't, Big enough. But when state governments step in and say, all right, you got to treat them like employees, what they do is they change the entire nature of how commerce is done. There are so many small business owners in trucking that were affected by California's move on that. Mm -hmm. Now you've got to treat them as employees when you were working a business that had other business owners within it. And that's been the case with many businesses for a long time in fact companies like walmart do that all the time where they have contractors that work with them in fact it's thousands of other companies that work with them and they're saying no you can't be a company that works for another company and that's ridiculous well and
2: especially with the business model of Of an Uber and a Lyft, which is, well, if we make it where you can completely control your hours, you know, because you're you're in essence a subcontractor, well, Mm. then that makes it much more appealing to so many people that, oh, I can just do this. I can do this 10 hours a week. Mm. I can do it for five hours a week. I can do it when I'm on vacation and not other times. Yeah. But... As soon as you become an employee, then what management wants, probably in all likelihood, since it changes the relationship, would change the incentive of management to get as much productivity out of that worker as possible. Yeah, right. So the relationship changes, and so part of what was the incentive for drawing people to do that is now gone. It's gone.
0: And, you know, and that and and the potential is gone. You know? And look, you and I remember when that whole rideshare thing had first started. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah.
0: it was so West Coast. Liberals love this idea. And it started, they were the way they were talking about it is, well oh, no, this, you know, it's a rideshare, right? This is why they call it rideshare. For those that don't know, there may be some people that don't realize why it's called rideshare. It was promoted at the very first. It was promoted as this idea of, well, John is going that way, too. Right. So there will be an app where you can connect with somebody who's going that way and you'll pay them and blah, 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 blah. And it was it was a totally different. um, uh, It was a transportation commune. It really was. <laughs> I know,
2: that's
0: what It was, it was legal hitchhiking. <laughs> exactly. That's what it was promoted pay. as
2: early on. Yes, yes. You
0: know, and so, <laughs> and then everybody, the first thing was, I don't know if I want to get in John's car. I don't know, John. You know, but it was like, uh, well, no, it's going to be, you know, there will be companies involved here. Mm-hmm. some oversight from the companies that are, you know, doing this. And so everybody, they just had a ton of questions. Yeah, but I got to ride in John's car. <laughs> John got french fries under his seat. I don't know if I want to. And then again, I might want to ride with John because he has french fries under his seat. But but it was, you know, it was a totally different spirit to it. And now it is, how dare you allow people to become contractors? Look, I get it. I think the business model is not conducive to making a ton of money and the rates need to be changed. That's between the contractors and Uber contractors and Lyft. And if they can't attract people to work that kind of, you know, job as a contractor, then you're in trouble. If you can't incentivize it that way, then you're not going to be able to do it when the government steps in and says they've got to be an employee. Eight six six ninety 90 eye.
1: Lines open for your calls. Eight six six Ninety Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red
2: right Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just reading this headline, James Carville. What the hell is White House doing on New York migrant issues? Jeffries and Schumer should have acted to fix this.
0: (laughs) Well, he has a point. I know. I mean, look, uh, you don't have to go to Mayor Adams. You don't have to go all the way to the nation's capital. Right there in New York, go to your senior senator. Well, we talked about
2: how Adams going to court in order to try to temporarily at least yeah. revoke right. the sanctuary st- uh, sanctuary city status of New York. And we had said at the beginning of this week, well, I wonder when they'll do that. And then that happened, reading an article here in Real Clear Politics, why Chicago should jump, should dump, excuse me, its sanctuary status. Yeah, More Whoa.
0: liberals are saying wow. this. Yes. Let's dump sanctuary city status.
1: is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA
2: and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being here. I haven't got off the seat since we've been here just we continued talking during the commercial breaks and everything else. Yeah, I was trying to
0: book uh, book some time with my uh, smile coach. Yeah, <laughs> we did get some <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got some feedback on that yesterday the Yeah. The uh the
2: the uh, the Japanese where they actually have smile coaches now because they wore masks for such a huge length of time where they forgot how to smile. And we just figured no they they're just they're just liberals.
0: Right. We this, this has to be a a very select group of individuals. Yeah. They were
2: never smiling anyway.
0: Most people that most people in Japan like most people everywhere don't forget how to smile. Now, you may not have a reason to smile in, you know, in, in in whatever situation you might be in. You know, you might think, oh, okay. You, By the way, that brought up something. We've asked this question before, but I have to ask it again. Just going through the news of the day yesterday.
1: <laughs>
0: and this relates to the whole smile thing. And by the way, you're listening to All Over the Place Thursday. All Over the Place Thursday. Right. <laughs> uh you, you see some of these people on the left, and, and I wonder, I, I think to myself, are they ever happy? <laughs> Not in the sense, are they ever satisfied, you know, with, you know, whatever uh, agenda item or, or you know, whatever they might be on as we follow them. I mean, that's that's when we see them. My question is, you know. Do they ever smile naturally? Do they, you know, do they have those? Mo- do they, do they go home in the evening and go, oh man, it's, it's, everything's just going so great. I had so much fun today at the protest. <laughs> I was screaming at this cop and I was, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it was so much fun. How was your day? I mean, I just think to myself, do they go through life as a miserable person? You know, there are legitimate reasons that that people become unhappy. But, you know, with, with these individuals that just seem to be always, always on, it just I just have to wonder: or Is there ever a moment? Do they on the weekend? Do they go for a walk? Do they? Do they go somewhere? Do they enjoy? The, what do you? What do you enjoy? What do you? What do you like? Is there something that that makes you smile naturally, or is there nothing that can make you smile? Well, it was interesting because there were a couple of studies that came out this week
2: mm. on this whole issue. Conservative teenagers are in general significantly happier than their liberal peers, according to a study
0: conducted by Columbia University. Now, the thing is that it was a small study because there were only two conservative teenagers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the politics of depression, diverging trends in internalizing symptoms among U.S. adolescents by political beliefs, which is basically who's happier, Uh, was published in the Journal of Social Science and Medicine, Mental Health in December. And while its findings were striking, the reason behind the trend is less clear. Well, We'll explain it to you in just a moment. (laughs) Uh, The authors compared depressive attitudes of 12th graders from 2005 to 2018 of those aligned with conservatism, which was defined in the study as support of individual liberty, right-wing social and religious values, and unregulated free markets, and liberalism, which was defined as support of equal opportunity, free but semi-regulated markets, civil liberties, and social justice. It, yeah. Now, Un- now, fully now.
0: unregulated markets. Right.
2: Now, now, uh-huh. now, that's bogus to begin that with. That is I mean, to bogus. Have, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Bogus. The
0: definitions there are completely mm-hmm. bogus. Right. Because... Um,
2: uh, in uh, you know the the whole constitution is is set up. I mean the reason that we have civil law is that uh, and contract law is that's the regulation in in business right is is basically you know uh, contract law and the civil courts and that also that applies to pollution too, right? that if you if you pollute in a certain way and you affect other people who aren't part of your contract of you producing something for someone else mm-hmm. you can sue for damages so this whole it's a it's a um uh it's it's a fantasy that conservatives believe in completely and totally unregulated uh you know capitalism yeah. i mean that 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 just isn't true yeah, so it's bogus. we both caught that immediately there yeah, but
0: yeah.
2: uh the research concluded that conservatives reported lower average depressive effect um less loneliness scores uh less uh and higher self esteem uh, self esteem scores than all other groups hmm. they were also uh less you know uh, i guess uh uh, uh, you know, depressed it themselves.
0: Right, yeah. You know, they, yeah.
2: Uh, between 2011 and 2018, female liberals had a steep increase in depressive effect, hmm. which is very similar to their male liberal counterparts between 2005 and 2011. But in 2013, they started to fall behind the girls. Between 2005 and 2018, conservative males and females didn't compare to the levels of their liberal counterparts. During that time, conservative males had a slightly higher depressive effect than their female conservatives. Well, that's simply because the female conservatives don't pay attention to, uh, you know, the males. male conservatives, right? <laughs> that's where the depression comes in. Um, I, folks, I Is made that based that up. on experience?
0: <laughs> You
2: did your own little study. The the only thing is, from last I checked, I'm not a teenager. Uh, (laughs) During the time, conservative males had a slightly higher depressive effect than their female conservatives,
0: who eventually took the lead in 2016. By the way, I've been married for decades, and that also is from experience. (laughs) She doesn't doesn't listen mm, to anything I say. I'm just joking.
2: In addition, when looking at all categories surveyed, Mm. researchers found that the more educated families were... Uh, the more likely their child was to be depressed.
5: Mm.
2: By the way, you know, that when they say educated, they're talking yeah. about standard schooling. They're talking about college degrees. They're mm. not talking about intelligence.
0: Right. Or yeah. even yeah. IQ. Yeah. yeah. No, they t- they have an arts degree.
2: Says researchers qualified their research stating conservative ideology may work as a psychological buffer by harmonizing an idealized worldview with the bleak external realities experienced by many. It's I, a load
0: of that, horse that manure. Is such garbage. It's such garbage. In both directions. Yep. Wow. Go to extremes much. No, I here's here's what it comes down to. If we're talking adolescence, all of this is where I mean, if you're getting into the, the colleges, if you're getting in and, and of course, the schools, there are other environments outside the home. No doubt, no doubt. But it largely begins in the home. Not every child is a uh, has a, you know, a the same political beliefs as their parents. Uh It's it is the nature of an adolescent to uh, defy authority. And, and, but it is taught. It is a behavior that is taught. If you, if you repeat to them over and over again, that they are a victim, that they are being victimized. Now, It's quite unfortunate there are children that are being victimized. But if you're creating victimization where it doesn't belong and applying it at every measure, and that's how you're, whether you're a a teacher or a parent, then this is what's going to happen. You're going to have this mindset because their brain is forming and they are getting, they believe, preparing to go out into the world but you have filled them with this thought that they are a victim for so many reasons
2: right it, i i think it's uh, the the uh, i i think it's twofold here and it could be more it could be threefold but just off the top of our heads uh here is is what we're doing but if you look at it the the victim mentality that you're a victim for example bernie sanders telling college students you can never make it because of billionaires therefore you live a life of envy and jealousy of somebody else. Well, that doesn't make you happy. I find that people that really are caught up in envy and jealousy are not happy people because right. they're not satisfied with their own life. Right. And they believe, uh, as you know, Bernie Sanders told them, you can't make it. That no matter what they do, they're told they can't make it. And therefore, they feel depressed. I feel that the, the victim mentality that's promoted by liberalism of course, is going to depress young people and also all the lies that they are are constantly uh, th- that that are constantly thrown at them. And that would be climate change. You know, you see a Greta, you know, we were talking about the whole uh, uh, Japanese situation where uh, people have to learn to smile because they wore masks. And we went, yeah, but you got some people. I just said that Greta must have worn one for her entire life yeah. because she never smiles. Right. Well, why doesn't she smile? Because she's been brainwashed that she's never going to make it to an adult because the world's going to be gone. Right. As we've said, it's reprehensible that liberal adults do that. But I believe that the depression that liberal children have is a direct result of uh, liberal adults brainwashing young people with the fact that there is no future for them. Right. Uh, Whereas a conservative, number one, you view yourself as autonomous. Mm Mm-hmm. You view yourself, you don't judge people by stereotypes. I think that if you are a racist, I think you're a pretty uh, envious and jealous person. When you practice identity politics on a consistent basis, naturally what comes with that is envy and jealousy. That group has it over that group. Right. When you deal as an individual, because one thing they didn't uh, do here because they talked about racism, we'll talk to a conservative black versus a liberal black and find out who's happier and more content and more satisfied with their 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 life. Skin color has nothing to do with it. It's your mentality, it's how you view life. Mm-hmm. It's how you were raised. It's the fact of well, yeah, we know there's problems. Who doesn't know there's problems? But that's not going to do me any good to worry and obsess about it and go out and protest every day. I need to get working in order to help improve society. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get involved in society. I'm going to become a productive member of society. I'm going to accomplish goals. I'm not going to go through life, as many liberals do, with envy and jealousy, and they hate their job, but they also fear the unknown. They don't want to go out and challenge it. You know, we talked about climbing mountains. The best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life And most liberals would probably say it was horrible. Every single sports team I ever tried out for, I was cut. Mm -hmm. Every single one. I don't know what it ended up being, 50, 75, I can't tell you. From the time, and I'm talking Little League. Little League cut. Yeah, Yeah. You didn't join a Little League team and everybody was on the team. And everybody played. I was cut from every single... From the time I went tried out for little league, what was that, eight or nine years old, hmm. all the way till eighteen years of age, the only basketball team I ever made was a coach who didn't cut, and he said, "I don't cut because uh, we have three months that we train before we have the basketball season, and everybody will quit." And we started out with twenty six people on that team, and by the time we got to November of that year, a couple of, we had four and then we got three more people. We had seven people. That's how hard he ran you. And he said, if you can handle this, you'll become a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned to play basketball. Mm. And he said, I don't need to cut. I'll work your <laughs> yeah. I'll work your butt off where I mean, I mean it was they were really, really tough. We were the best conditioned team <laughs> that I ever saw for young people because he just uh, and he actually ended up being a he he a liberal Democrat a union leader. Well, uh, Coach Valdez,
0: I talked about it. Memorial Elementary in Del Rio, Texas. You know, uh, this kid Sean Hickambottom was on the track. I would tried out for uh, for football. I had no business trying out, none, none. And and Sean was circling the other kids on the track. He was so fast, and he grew up to be Shawn Michaels, the professional yeah. wrestler. And the adult in that situation, in that moment, Coach Valdez said, look, I know you and your friends love music. What about music? And he was a musician, by the way. It still is today. But my, but going through that and, and that
2: failure so many times. You exactly. Could take, you, could take it one, you could take it one way of saying, I'm a victim. Yeah, that I should I no, should live my life that, right, that, that I that I should be entitled or you sit there and say, um, I remember my mom used to tell me all the time. She said you would be you'd come home, you'd be crying and everything else. And we felt terrible. And at times you did very good in the tryouts and we thought you should make it you know, legitimately. And you didn't. You got cut. Goes, and then 10 minutes later, you'd be out throwing the ball again. Mm-hmm. You just never. And they said, well, maybe it's the best thing, the best thing that ever. The best thing in my life are all my failures.
0: Because that's where I now we've eliminated failure. You're a victim. You're not failing. Someone is failing you, and so
2: it got to the point where failure didn't bother me.
0: Right. It's
2: like okay, it's part of life. Move on. Be optimistic. The next thing will come along. You learn. You just
0: never stop. You learn to uh, to to be drawn toward your strengths and to improve. And at some point, you're going to be helping others.
2: I mean they came, they they probably came to the right conclusion here but the completely wrong methods. Oh my gosh. And com- completely wrong the variables premise. that they the premise and variables and the they measurement. looked at were completely wrong yes. to look at which yeah, they shows are. they're not as highly educated as they think. Right. 86690 red eye.
1: Get in touch with red Eye Radio toll free at
4: 86690
1: red eye.
0: It's Red
2: Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I think I agree here. Uh, this Fox News uh, article about uh, why conservative teenagers are happier, a lot happier mm-hmm. than liberal teenagers. And New York Times opinion columnist David Brooks argued that many on the left began to suffer from what you might call maladaptive sadness, with its three main features being catastrophizing, ca- catastrophizing mentality, extreme sensitivity to harm, and a culture of denunciation. For many, Americans, uh, America's problems came to seem endemic. The American dream is a sham. Climate change is so unstoppable. Systemic racism is eternal. Yeah. Making catastrophic pronouncements became a way to display that you were woke to the brutalities of American life.
0: And it wasn't good enough then for each generation more and more to just sit there and acknowledge it. You had to say something. You had to be part of it. You had to repeat the talking points on all of that. Which are lies.
2: So
5: which are lies. They're lies.
0: But they're damaging. Right.
5: Yeah, of to course they're
0: damaging. brain, they are damaging. Right. You're teaching them that the world is ending. And then we go into a pandemic when the overreaction and the overresponse to that and the length of the overresponse has done irreparable harm. And it is it is maddening. The left pretends to be well. We care more. The damage done well look by at the, the left is 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 so well, bad. Well, think about this:
2: gender-affirming care.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. These We're are ad- call it these, care. these
2: are adults promoting right. yeah. the mutilation of children. The self yes. mutilation of children and calling who, it care. Who clearly have, as we know, because of the suicide rate have tremendous mental challenges i right. don't care
1: Taking politics out of politics. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio.
2: And he's Eric and I'm Gary. Uh, Good morning. Hello. (laughs) Uh, Tesla and uh, Twitter CEO Elon Musk said Tuesday on CNBC's last call that working remotely from home is bs and morally wrong
0: i don't know if it's morally wrong if he's saying that you're that people that work from home anybody who works from home and doesn't actually do the work then yeah okay that's morally wrong
2: no what he said is morally wrong is because so many other people uh have to actually go to work and here's because that's what he said and and i was after i read this i went Mm. was he doing a doobie with rogan again
0: it might be. Uh, or David Faber at CNN. I don't know. I'm, I'm not accusing David Faber of smoking. <laughs> guilt, <so. laughs>
2: well, since we came to the conclusion, what was it, three weeks ago, that everybody's high? Yeah, well, just leave uh, possibilities ex- out there. I'm not, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Musk said, look, I'm a big believer that people need to be more productive when they're uh, when they're in person. The whole work from home thing, it's sort of like, I think it's like, uh there are some exceptions but I kind of think that the whole notion of work from home is a bit like you know the fake Marie Antoinette quote let them eat cake it's like that made no sense to me yeah. it's like it's like really you're going to work from home and you're going to make everyone else who made uh your car uh come work in the factory you're going to make yeah. people who make your food mm-hmm. that gets delivered mm-hmm. that they can't work from home. Yeah. Uh, the people that come fix your house they can't work from home. Right? They can work from my home, but you can. <laughs> Does that seem morally right? That's messed up.
0: No, that's it's
2: wow. perfectly
0: fine. Wow! Wow! It's perfectly fine if if you can
2: be productive. But I, I look one of the one of the things early on is when COVID first started, there was a drop in uh, in productivity for the actual worker, but because of the savings of not having to go to work for the company, I mean, the yeah. savings of the, the company, there was actually more productivity, but it wasn't based on the increase in productivity of the worker. It was based on the savings.
0: Right, and, which was but, always going to be right. temporary for, and, and for, it was, in most cases.
2: And that's what it was, and they right. found out in so many jobs – it was temporary, and then the productivity started slipping. And, well, look, when 50% of the people, remember mm-hmm. this came out about six months
0: mm-hmm.
2: after everybody was working at home, yeah. except for us at Red Eye? Yeah. that uh, and, and we decided since everybody, since 50% of the people said they were drinking during the job, that we decided, well, just bring in a bottle to work every day. Why not? Uh, it's but, a bottle of Diet <laughs> Coke, but why not? Exactly. but And... And so we went. Well, and so what they found out. A lot of companies found out. Not all companies, because there are people that are self starters. My buddy Jeff, who worked for years in sales, why mm-hmm. he last worked for Caterpillar, he only went into work like once a month. But he was a, in his job. He was a self starter. Jeff was- Bezos started
0: a. Amazon is a home yeah, business. This is not the same Jeff.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, no, they are not the same. It's person. Not, not the same. Per- but I mean, he but he he was just as productive. But uh, he uh, when he went to work for the company, the company was about oh, I don't know, probably sixty miles away. Mm. So there's no need to him to go and sit in the desk every day. He had his office at home, and they knew what he was doing, and they were
0: and he did sales, right? Yeah, he did sales. Yeah, so yeah. they know if you're working or not. Yeah, they know if you're working. So it was Yeah, Look, hit your quota. If right, you double right. your quota in 2 days, take 28 days off.
2: And I got another buddy of mine that works, uh, actually uh, actually works for a bank mm-hmm. and works from uh, works from home. Mm-hmm. It's a bank in another state. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, I have
0: and, a I have a family member who is an underwriter for a, a massive global corporation and he has always worked for, from home, always. Uh, in that in that position.
2: And in and in that case, um, you know, I know he believes he's more productive. Yeah. Now, I probably and I haven't asked him probably if I said, well, what about the people that work with you? Would would you wish that you could see them in person? I'm thinking he might say yes, that he would like to be able to see them in person every mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. because there's a difference of when if you're a self starter, but you're hiring people who you really never see you don't get to really know and understand whether they are self-starters like you are right you can't yeah. you can't make that observation and i'm guessing i could be wrong but i'm guessing he probably knowing him would probably say that next time i see him i'll ask him as you know but yeah but there are people but he uh, he's always been a self-starter since day 1 that i met him i mean he, and there are there are those people that exist out there, and a lot of times in sales, you have to be a self starter.
0: Mm-hmm. You you know if you really wish to be a successful. Well, again, person. if you're not making your numbers in sales, they mm-hmm. don't care where you are. And if you are making your numbers, they don't care where you are. You're gonna have yeah, to you're gonna have to make the sales one way or the other. So they don't care. Build a treehouse if you need to, but. Get the job done.
2: So that was sort of weird when Elon Musk said that. Well, it, because It doesn't those make any it, sense. Well, it, it's, yeah.
0: you know, the, the thing is, is that at Twitter, you know, when he did that and he said, okay, you got to come back to work. There's this, there has been a push and pull in the IT world on this. Because many in the IT world will say, whoa, a lot of us are so qualified, we should be able to demand that you know, we can work from home or we can work from anywhere. And there were employers, you know, major, major companies that were saying, nope, you got to come back to the office. And then all of a sudden they hit the brakes on it and said, oh, okay, well, wait. Because if your IT department has a revolving door, all of a sudden you realize, well, what do we do to retain people? Well, you're going to have to look again at, what you can offer people right
4: mm-hmm.
0: now that's just the 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 back and forth the give and take the relationship between the employer and the employee but at twitter when he did that there was in the media there was a lot of you know the 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 it the story was there was a lot of pushback uh, internally if his attempt here's to justify why he did it at twitter it's not going to that that's no uh, it, that's not a thoughtful justification in fact it's not a justification at all if you want to say that look there are jobs you have to that you have to do and employers that will say all day sorry i don't care who you are or what you do for the company you report to the campus every day and that's just that's just the way it's going to work and companies have a right to de- to determine that and if if doing that Hurts their bottom line because they can't keep the right talent on board, which is happening with some companies. Then they'll have to adjust. That's just the way business is. But trying to say, well, it's not fair because you get to work from your home, and the uh, and then the you know there are people that have to go in and build cars. Well, sorry, that's it, it's that's that's like saying you get to work in a cush office. While they have to go Work out in a factory, and, and, and a, <laughs> in a factory, or dig ditches, or or right. do road repair, or that yeah, was that, that was not well thought that, out by not thoughtful Elon at, Musk all. at all.
2: And and we were you know we can relate to it because when COVID started, you know we told the company we were not, and I think we were one of the few shows in the nation, mm-hmm. even local, you know, even local, lo- shows, local yeah. and national. Yeah. that stayed in the studio, and yeah. we just said there's – we just don't – and for me, you know, I'm you you drive a mile, mm-hmm. a mile, two miles, something it's like that. It's
0: 2.2. 2.2
2: miles, all right, where, you know, mine's almost 30. Mm-hmm. But I just – I knew. I, I knew that there's a certain pattern, and even driving in, I'm thinking and analyzing on the way in – and I know that you know because I wake up at ten o'clock. I mm-hmm. sleep till then. Mm-hmm. If I if the show started at twelve and I only had to walk into my office studio to do it, and you're on a screen, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in my you know Doctor Dentons with the padded feet. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's where I, what that's what I wear to sleep every Your day. Your
0: Buffalo Bills pajamas, my, my
2: Buffalo Bills pajamas with with the Doctor Dentons as I call them with the with the padded with my Josh Allen padded feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but, uh, and it just, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the same. And I, we feared that the, the play back and forth that we have being, you know, eight feet, seven feet away from each other, you know, in person and how you can read, you know, uh, the other person, your body language, eyes, everything that you just can't do that. You just can't do it on a computer screen. Well, I
0: had to do it for three weeks during COVID because a, yeah. a couple of members of my household uh, were consistently t- testing positive And due to the company policy, I couldn't and didn't want to bring it here. I mean, I, I never tested during that period. I never mm-hmm. tested positive, but um, I couldn't I couldn't show up. So I was in the uh, tool closet in my hallway, <laughs> but I got up yeah. every day and I got ready for work. Because I thought, well, that's going to be the only way to even try mm-hmm. and mimic, you know, uh, what we do here. But it was the thing is, is, yeah, it, it's not, th- the problem is, is that, you know, if you're not present, quite often you don't feel present. But it's not, but that's the nature of this job. Um, well, and,
2: and that's, and I guess the point, it was strictly a business. It had nothing to do because my life would have been a heck of a lot easier yeah. doing COVID just to sit at home and do it. Right. But I just was obsessed with the fact that it's going to change. It's going to change the timing of the show. And I, we just can't do that. We just, and we, I mean, we, as that, forceful as we get, which was like, no, we're doing it from here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they agreed. I mean, that that there was, there was really no problem on it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, we were just, uh, you know. Quite insistent on in doing it, and since mm. we knew the other guys had to be here, yeah, uh, you know, then we were going to be here, right? And so, and it was—I mean, we never talked about this, but it was the right decision, right? Oh, all okay. day without question, yeah, yeah, you know, because we yeah. just, and we had said we said because when we started the whole, you know, the pandemic, we said, look, this is one of the biggest stories of our lifetime. Yeah, there's no way, and and I will tell you one thing during COVID, for example, when you and you still see it today. Where people now are doing interviews, what was never acceptable before to do an interview where the sound wasn't perfect. Now it's the norm. Now it's the norm. Now you sit there and they all talking and it's like, but the sound isn't crystal clear. Mm. It's you know they're obviously doing it from their computer at home, and you would never allow that before. And now, so actually, in in our opinion, this was something that you and I talked about that the quality of television broadcasting, the actual sound of it and we're sound people, was not up to the professional standard that it should be. And many, even national networks now do it. You know, Rogan
0: Rogan does a podcast, right? Yes. And he he has people in studio. I think Edward Snowden is the exception (laughs) for obvious Mm -hmm. reasons. But you're in studio. I mean, he flies you in, whatever, or if you're going to be in town, I guess. I don't know how they make that arrangement. But whether they, it was back when he was in L.A. or now in Texas, they're there, and the reason that they're there is because that uh, that energy in the room is what will well, carry that. I mean, you know, it's, I played
2: it's I played audio same. yesterday of Dershowitz, yeah, and Dershowitz
0: has been doing all of
2: his interviews from his home on his computer, yeah, and and, the sound,
0: and so many are doing
2: it. The right sound the still. sound the sound quality is not good, right. It's not good. Right. And we just said we're not going to we're not going to chance that. We know what the sound quality is here. We sell sound. Yeah. We can't and we could tell in and, and many radio shows we went, whoa man, the timing isn't there. Wow, that sounds bad. Boy, it doesn't sound like they're actually in studio. Yeah. I mean, you you know, you TV shows were really bad.
0: Well, I mean, you, you had anchors and and uh and weather people doing their broadcasts from their living room. I mean, they—they yeah. they basically that's the the way they decided to go. And I, I don't know yeah. what other choice they would have for TV, but for radio, I mean, we're unique in that you know, we're kind of a small operation. But it's not—you know—it was never going to be. It, it just wasn't acceptable no, to wasn't. do nope. this show remotely.
2: Eight six six ninety Red Eye.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's try that radio. Uh, he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. But I will say one thing about uh, what Elon Musk said. A lot of jobs, and I say a significant number of people that don't want to go back to work are going to be forced to go back to work sooner or later. Oh, yeah. yeah just because yeah. Of, uh, of productivity issues. And I think that's happened already mm-hmm. uh, in in many different uh, areas. I, I don't, think, the,
0: big, I think the, the, the biggest sector really is the IT sector. And it's only yep. certain jobs within the IT sector. It, because there are a lot of, if you look at the major IT companies or the major tech companies uh, that built those campuses out, they built those campuses because there's so much propriet- proprietary work that's going on mm-hmm. on those campuses. You know, they don't want to hire Chelsea Clinton and have her set up her own server in her home office. <laughs>
1: is Red Eye Radio,
2: and I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen to when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, well, calling it all over the place Thursday. There's just so many different issues this week, uh, and this one just sort of caught me off guard. This shows you just how fast this year is moving. Hmm. Because I saw this, and I go, "What are they talking about?" Reading here and just going through the Wall Street Journal saying, oh, there's a ton of Supreme Court cases coming down in the next couple of weeks, including student debt relief. Huh? What? Oh, it's oh. almost June. <laughs> That's what I went, oh, my gosh, it's June. Because I'm thinking, well, didn't they just hear that? They heard it in February, but uh, the court heard arguments in February over uh, two cases challenging President Biden's plan to forgive up to $20,000 in student loan debt. The Biden administration argues it has uh, authority to forgive debt under the HEROES Act, a 9-11-era statute that allowed the federal government to provide student debt relief to soldiers. Justice Department lawyers say the law gives the Department of Education broad power to forgive student loans in response to emergencies such as the coronavirus pandemic. A group of Republican-led states argue that the executive branch has exceeded its lawful authority, trampling on the separation of powers. Laid on in the Constitution, the cases could have significant, even beyond the Biden administration's $400 billion forgiveness plan, giving the Supreme Court uh, is skeptical of, of federal regulatory authority. Um, you know, it's, I, I believe they're going to come out and say that uh, that the executive branch went too far. Just with, with the Supreme Court, I mean, if you want to look at the West Virginia coal case, Mm-hmm. uh if you want to look at um the eviction moratorium moratorium yeah everything else. this this is doesn't this am, am I wrong anywhere does this not fall in the same the same ballpark as as all of those
0: no i that, i would say that that um maybe even more so or, or or maybe in a more obvious way uh because of how the funding is allotted and and the authority of again the executive authority versus uh congressional right. authority on this
2: i mean i don't i don't believe you can i if you're not a partisan i don't think you a liberal partisan you mm-hmm. there's no way you can look at this and say that the heroes act which was specifically for 911 mm-hmm. to provide student debt relief to soldiers right has anything to do with covid right. years later Twenty years later, has got nothing to do with COVID and forgiving in general all student loans, twenty thousand right. dollars, right, or up to twenty thousand
0: dollars. Because then you could, uh, you could, any administration could take that and interpret it in any way that they wanted to, right? I mean, if they, if if they're, if the court would allow that, then you know what wouldn't. That allow I could see the court saying, "All right, if Congress wants to change student loans and do forgiveness, Congress can do that."
2: It's yeah, well, yeah, it's that simple. Because I started thinking, you know, what would be an analogy? And I thought, okay, you get a certain deduction on your taxes. Mm-hmm. You get a certain deduction for I don't know, uh, um, child tax credit. Child tax credit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and uh, I'm trying to think what the analogy would be. I was thinking, okay, a pet tax credit afterwards. But hey, mm-hmm. since we're doing, I mean, there because still a, a child cost, uh, you know, and a pet cost, and and therefore you should get. And by the way, that has actually been brought up
0: before. Oh well, okay, we could say this. Uh, what about that college student who's now outside of the age limit? of tax code when it when when you, we talk about the child tax credit and they're living at home. Yeah okay, all right. <laughs> right? No no, okay, yes, right. Yeah, they're when 24 it, right. or maybe they're 44 right. and they're okay. living at home. That that would be a better
2: analogy yeah. than my dog analogy. I was doing I was doing that on the fly. Actually when I
0: think back of it, that was a pretty flawed legal argument on my <laughs> on my part. <laughs> well, the emotional <laughs> effect on that could get you some some uh, uh, uh political support everybody loves their pet but
2: oh yeah all right and so since we're since we're talking <laughs> the left not abiding by law <laughs> then i could make an emotional argument yeah right. which an emotional argument would be just as good as a legal argument sure if i'm on the left yeah Why? Not? all right so i made a Go i made it. a pretty darn good case if i was on the left
0: Solid case if you're on the left. No, but
2: I, I like yours though. That yeah. the child tax credit. Well, yeah, my. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna extend it to twenty five.
0: Yeah,
2: or we're gonna extend it to thirty as long or as you're living because, at home because because of the, and,
0: and the because of the uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, my thirty year old child has moved home. Home
2: home. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You couldn't do that. Right.
0: And I'm going to claim the child yeah. tax credit. I, I don't. I just don't. I don't see that lasting. I just yeah. don't. No, I just,
2: but I it just shocked me because I went, well, how can it be the student debt relief?
0: I mean, we're in, oh, almost to June. Even the pausing of payments, I could see the court saying, look, uh, temporary relief as such, the pausing of payments without erasing the, uh, the amount owed any of the amount owed on the principal is, is within the executive branch. They can make that decision again on a temporary basis. And then they could have the back and forth as to how long, you know, what qualifies as temporary. But then, you know, beyond that, it is, all right, we're talking about writing off. (laughs) It's just write it off, write it off. Yeah. Uh, Uh, in some cases, tens of thousands of debt that the student owes. And keep in mind, you know, we talk about uh, student loans, government student loans. We, the people, are the bank. We didn't decide that through our representatives they would be right. like the board of directors in this case mm-hmm. and the board comes to the you know they all right the shareholders and whatever and we're the shareholders and we we fund everything and if they want to do that they can do that they can start that on the on the floor in the house and see where it goes
2: you know i had a uh as i, I had mentioned this because i had a, a golf tournament a couple of weeks ago and i met a young woman who i i know and and uh Uh, she um, knows all these, she knows all these guys. They went, you Mm. know, they just, they hung out together for years. Yeah. And when I got into the conversation, they were just harassing the daylights out of her Mm -hmm. because she voted for Biden. Mm. And, you know, she goes, no, but I'm a conservative because you can't be a conservative vote for Biden. I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. Let me Mm. me see what's going on here. And it was about abortion. Hmm. And I went, okay, here we And I remember thinking, okay, I may go to this party. And I talked about it on the air because I've had so many. I've had more abortion discussions since last year with pro-choice women that I've left going, uh, they don't know where to go. Mm. And and But it's sort of an example here of the whole college and mission things because I went through the, the typical argument. She goes, well, uh, a woman has a right to do whatever she wants with her body. I said, well, then the year for abortion all the way up to birth. Well, no, no, there has to be a limitation on it. Well, then it's not about a woman's body. What are you talking about? I said, well, you just said if it's, if it's about a woman's body, then you believe it's up to birth. You have to. Hmm. If you say no, what should it be limited, to, like 15 weeks? Yeah, well, then it's not about a woman's body. It's not about just the autonomy. It's about, in your opinion, you're saying, no, at one point, the life of the child becomes more important than my body. So that excuse just went away. And I then I asked her, I said, do you believe the Supreme Court was wrong in their decision? She said, yes. I said, here's what they decided. They decided that they can't. It's not up to them. We live in a republic. Hmm. You know, on this particular issue, as of many issues, they said it's not their job to make law. He says nowhere has Congress ever, you know, made a, a, a bill like the original Supreme Court did back in the early 70s in Roe v. Wade. They made that up. That law didn't exist. And this court came in and said, we don't have the right. We're not dictators. This is a hard, this is an extremely controversial topic. And a hard topic for many people because it's about where life begins. Right? Mm-hmm. And she agreed to all of it. And I said, and so they're saying it has to go back to the people. And she said, yeah, but then some women, they'll be denied their right. And I said, and in your case, some human beings will die. Because you just stated that at some point the uh, the baby in the womb, becomes a life, and that supersedes. She goes, yeah, but that's my personal opinion. I go, then you understand the problem. Right. You understand the challenge here with the justices, but her point was, but there's an unfairness here. So the unfairness in her mind, I could tell, I Go, you're saying the unfairness of it in your mind justifies the Supreme Court being dictators. But I just told you if they become dictators, then by your own moral standard, babies will be killed. Hmm. Human beings will be killed because that that's your standard. And she was just all flustered like you couldn't believe. Mm-hmm. And, and when she got flustered, I didn't make fun of her. I just said, now you understand the hard decisions. Now you understand it. But I think you have a clearer understanding that the Supreme Court is not evil. The Supreme Court said, we're not dictators. We live in a republic. The elected representatives are the ones that have to decide that, which means the people of the country decide that through their elected representatives. Well,
0: AOC, it was, I I don't know, a week or two after the decision came down, she said, well, now, since the Supreme Court did this wrong thing, we need to take it up in Congress. And we said, that's exactly what the Supreme Court said. Yeah. Since they didn't do their job, we need to do it through. They said it's not their job. You guys need to do it. And and that's a predicament that Democrats have right now, which
2: is why every single Democrat, when they voted on it, oh, and this is another thing. She said what well, they did now. I go, no, no, every single Democrat voted for abortion to birth. Mm-hmm. She goes, no, they did. I go, yeah, they did. Yeah. And she was really, she was not happy with that at all. And I said, but they had to. Right, because if they don't, and by, and by the way, I, I mean politically, they had to. Don't I don't want people to misunderstand that this is my opinion, but politically, they believe they had to. Mm-hmm. Because if they say no, we should outlaw abortion after fifteen weeks, and they're admitting that after fifteen weeks in the womb, it's not about a woman's body anymore; it's about when does life begin. They cannot allow themselves to get to that point, even though that's where the majority of people and the majority of women are in this country. Yeah. Majority of women do not believe in uh, abortion till birth. And so that's the thing I said. So it's about when life begins. And when you talk about when life begins, the conservative Supreme Court said we are not dictators. We don't get to determine that you do. Right, And she understood, but she was so frustrated by it. I said, well, welcome to the real world of what happens in a republic when you start dealing with life. Yep. And so, but that's the same thing uh, 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 here. Uh, You know, they said, the Supreme Court said, we can't be dictators. And the Supreme Court is probably going to tell the president, you're not a dictator. You don't get to, you don't get, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And we'll get to this in a moment here, but this, this relates right to the whole debt ceiling where they're talking about the 14th amendment again, right? Well, the president would just increase debt. He doesn't have the authority to do it, but they don't care. It's like, we don't care whether we don't give a damn about the constitution. We want what we want. We don't want to negotiate. We don't want to cut spending. And so we're just, and, and here's the point. You know, the whole 14th Amendment talks about the fact that the debt is legit. Once the Congress passes it, that all the debt, you know, that the that the union, because this really came from the Civil War, right. that the, the union, that debt is legitimate. The country cannot say, remember when Trump said we need to pay pennies on a dollar right. and pay off these people? No. The 14th Amendment. You owe the debt. Right. The 14th Amendment prohibits that. Right. Because the debt is legit. Right. And... He's taking that well if the debt's legit, then I can do this because the debt's legit. It's right. like no 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 no. It doesn't say anywhere that you get it simply says the debt is legit. It doesn't say that you don't that you don't have to negotiate and you don't have to, you know, be you know, be be involved in fiscal sanity. Mm-hmm. But Congress is the one who increases the debt limit. Right. You don't because congress does all the spending and all anything to do with the debt increase which is related to spending so it's the same thing he wishes to be a dictator there and so what you have from the left is it's okay for us to reject the constitution reject the republic we live in if it fits our needs yeah well that's how all dictators exactly. dictatorships start right or one party communist systems start Right, or fascist systems start. 866-90-RED-EYE.
5: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance safety accountability. Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA Safety Compliance and Enforcement Program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better. So carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney and I'm Gary McNamara. Also, Affirmative Action may mm. change in America. Uh, yeah. Two different parallel cases uh, regarding uh, uh, two separate universities, one public and one private. They're set to rule on whether colleges can consider race in admission decisions. The court declared in 78 that affirmative action is lawful and it's uh, has since reaffirmed that holding. But uh, they believe that that may change now. Mm. And, you know, that will be a big thing for Democrats, but I don't think it is for the majority of the public anymore. I really don't think it is.
0: Yeah, I don't I, think it's the yeah. issue that it once was. Well, I even sure. know, I even know, I, I, I know liberals that have
2: told me, I don't know if they'd say it publicly, but they said, honestly, uh, and these are acquaintances, friends, and more old traditional liberals, not yeah. the insanity that we have today. But they said, you know, I believe that, I believe that uh, affirmative action was needed for a while, but it always had to end. Mm hmm. You can't carry it on forever. And so there's a significant number of liberals that believe that. I believe I believe the Supreme Court will overturn affirmative action. Yeah, I think for, they for just might. I
0: think they yeah. just might.
1: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
2: And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I really think that, uh, affirmative action, uh, I think that will be gone in, in, uh, in colleges. Yeah. For, uh, admission. Uh, and I, I don't think there's going to be a huge, I think you're going to hear the usual, uh, you know, the the usual suspects on the uh, the left that will that will bring it up. But I think most people look at it now. And like I've said, I've just and again, it's anecdotal evidence from people that are I view as old school liberals mm. who, you know, who actually, you know, uh, remember and went through the Civil Rights Act and all that, that that have said, yeah, you know, I think for a time it was needed, but it eventually had to end. You eventually, you cannot continue a society where you say that advantages go on forever to a particular class, even if they were discriminated against. And that comes from the liberal side. And I think from the conservative side, the the simple point would be, where does it state that you can do that in the Constitution? Hmm. If you're talking about strictly the legal element of it, not not the, the moral issue. The moral issue would be the political issue of the fact that it has softened even with liberals who have said, okay, you can't do it forever. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that there probably are more people now that say, okay, affirmative action has to end. It's been it's been long enough. And the interesting thing is it's right in the middle of of the left talking about reparations that would bankrupt states and and now the country. Yeah. But uh so that's fascinating. The other one is the uh, the whole gay rights issue uh is now that's known We're gonna be decided in the next couple of weeks. And and this could affect a number of Of different cases out there this case is the web design company Uh, this was a suit filed in 2016 for a federal court order declaring it exempt from the state's anti-discrimination law which requires that businesses open to the public treat customers equally without regard to sexual orientation a federal appeals court in denver agreed with the state that the uh, 303 creatives that's just, it's 303 Creative is what they're called, services were not exempt from that requirement. The company owner, an evangelical Christian, appealed that ruling to the Supreme Court, fearing that a gay couple could someday seek her services to help celebrate their marriage. She views her work for hire as an artistic expression of her own beliefs and considers compliance with the anti discrimination law as akin to the state compelling her to declare support for same-sex marriage. Uh, in the arguments that, that happened a few months back, Gorsuch appeared to take up Ms. Smith's view that her objection to taking commissions related to the same-sex weddings was was not directed at the class of people, but what those people were doing. They were the behavior. Easier, uh, the behavior, which was the actual marriage, uh, as Gorsuch said, there are certain heterosexual unions that your client would not speak for either. Right. For example, mm-hmm. if you wanted a commitment ceremony that you were now officially living together, she would not do that, even if you right. were heterosexual. Right. It goes against her beliefs. Right. Uh, and uh, he said there are certain heterosexual unions that your client would not uh, speak for either either. Justice Gorsuch told uh, the attorney uh, with the advocacy group Alliance Defending Freedom, who's representing Ms. Smith, so the question is, isn't is who, it's what. Mm. Always, said the lawyer, adding that Ms. Smith has done work for LGBT customers seeking services unrelated to marriages. Right. You know, this goes to the whole cake thing, too. Yeah. And the whole cake thing was based also on I believe they lost their case, didn't they? Or was that I can't remember what happened to the cake. I'll have to check that one. But that was related to I'll bake you a cake. I won't design it, and that's where this whole the artistic thing came in. That this is about my artistic expression. I do things with my my artistic expression. I'll bake you the cake. I'll find you somebody who will design it for you, but I won't design it for you because that's my art, and my art is based on my faith.
0: And the same applies here. Yes. Anybody can come in and ask for them to design anything. But if the behavior is something that falls outside of the belief, if their art is based in their belief, if they founded their company based on their belief system, then they have a right to say, no, I won't do that. And it has nothing to do, again, with the class of people that are asking. It's the behavior that they're asking for. Or engaging in. Because you're basically saying this artist must behave in this This way. way." Right. This isn't like, uh, let's just say it's uh, another type of art. It's someone who sells paintings they're not saying hey well wait a minute I need to qualify you and see which class of people before you buy this painting anybody can buy the if anybody can buy the painting now somebody comes in and says oh we want to commission you to do a painting of this well I won't do that Because and
2: that would be the next thing. If I'm a painter and I paint what I believe, right. and I sell what I believe, and someone comes in and says, "But I want you to paint this," right, and what's the difference between the creative services in a web design company or someone who decorates a cake, right. versus someone who, uh, versus uh, 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 someone who paints
0: a picture? What's the difference? Right. And and that's you know, I think it's a very simple. If you look at it, this is this is where it's been distorted by, uh, you know, along the way by the left. Here's, well, you must you must engage in this behavior with me. You know, because we we talked about the when it came to the the uh, the cake baker and in, in Denver. There are plenty of places you can go. I think the store owner, in fact, said we had 13 or something like that other bakeries that were willing to to decorate the cake within just a few miles of our store right here in the area. Well, no, it had to be we need you to conform.
2: Uh, here's another one you're a you're a uh, Christian wedding DJ or you're mm. a Christian DJ mm-hmm. and you do church events and you do Christian weddings right. can you be forced to do a gay wedding right and play songs you know uh, play songs that are not in you know be forced to play songs that are not in your playlist that are all christian related
0: right or any event where they come in and say we're going to have this kind of party this kind of event and we want you to essentially act outside of what you have set up for your business based on your beliefs right in order to accommodate us
2: because at that point and this is this is where you know you butt heads is the fact that you're saying that then I cannot be in a business that creates something based on my religious beliefs. Right. And I think the Supreme Court, it would probably be 6-3. Could be 5-4. 6-3, 5-4, I do believe that uh, I'd be very surprised... Because uh, I can't imagine what it would be. You know, we've, we've talked about, for example, the, the uh, radical liberal transgender activist movement. We've seen where it has gone today. You know, it was never and it's never been, you know, remember it was first. You just you need to tolerate us, right? Right. You need yeah. not to discriminate us, tolerate us, not discriminate us. Then you must accept us. Right. And now it's you must be forced to celebrate with us. That's where it's gotten to, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the Supreme Court will say, "No, nope, they, they don't have to." Now you still have to sell them the cake, right? In that in that particular instance, the cake you would still have to sell, but you don't have to decorate it outside of what your uh, art, your creative art is at that point. And I think probably the same will be said for this web designer who apparently has a history of, no, I've worked well, you know, on other projects with uh, LGBT clients, mm-hmm. but I don't do marriages. When I start doing those creative things, those are things that based on my beliefs, and there are certain heterosexual things that I also will not do.
0: Uh, there was a case earlier uh, this year, another case out of Colorado where the cake baker lost their appeal.
2: I thought that and this, the, yeah.
0: this was a different case, though. And it was about a gender transition case. Or cake. And. They have lo- they lost their first appeal, but I mean. You know, this is a. Uh, the, because the the wedding cake for the gay couple, when the Supreme Court issued their decision, that was a narrow, uh, you know, that was a narrow decision. It was not, you know, a, a wider base decision. And I guess it was only a matter of time, and we'll see if they do it in this case, where the decision is is broader. But. Ultimately, I think it will be decided at SCOTUS, and it may be with this case in a broad sense, that if you establish your business as such, it, it would be one thing if, you know, because if the, if the state creates a law, right, um, uh, through the elected representatives and the governor, and that process that says, well, you can't do this, uh, in terms of discrimination and, and who has access to your business. You know, we can have a lot of legal discussions on that, but if that is in place and you're a business owner and you just open a business, then all of a sudden you just discriminate and it's, you haven't had a track record of, and you have not shown clearly that you have established this business and, and especially when it's an expression artistic expression, then you're likely not going to, that's, you know, that's, you're probably not going to get a, uh, a pass from any court on that. If you just say, well, no, I'm shutting my door to anyone who is, you know, this or that. If you're saying I won't behave and take part in their behavior, that's very different. And I, I honestly believe that, you know, the Supreme Court at some point needs to decide on that exact thing. It needs to be mm-hmm. a broad decision uh, on, this, on this case, on all these cases.
2: Uh, also, they'll be looking at liability for social media companies for content that they didn't create, that the user creates, and also online speech. What is an online threat? So those are a couple of other cases all coming down in the next couple of weeks. Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, he is Eric Harley. All right, coming up, uh, we'll talk about. Uh, there's Washington Post. Fresh blackout threats emerge as power grid faces a stressful summer. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse as we live in a delusional world of liberals who believe that you can run the entire grid on solar and wind. It's pure insanity. It threatens our energy security, our economic security, and our national security. And America has to wake up and say this crap has to stop. Sorry, they just do. But uh, there are the warnings now. Out again uh, this summer for greater chances of blackouts. And each and every year it's going to get greater and greater and greater and greater until we stop living in the delusional fantasy that we can run everything on solar and wind. It's just nuts.
0: Yeah, well, and now we've got uh, El Nino, apparently, who's moved in for the summer, at least maybe even through the winter. I don't even know what it means. But (laughs) if you read the liberal media pieces on it, I I think they're saying now the world is going to end by next summer. Oh, really? Yeah, which gives the... The Democrats a little bit of breathing room. You know, they don't have to worry about so many things. Does that mean we're not going to have election coverage? I guess so. I'm still going to prepare for it, okay. but <laughs> do we really need to?
1: This
4: is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.